Are you, as far as you know, the only entity manufacturing hand sanitizer out of Oh, absolutely. Welcome to the Blue Continent Podcast. I'm your host, Brennan Pertzer, International Research Coordinator for the Blue Continent Alliance, the Blue Continent Podcast, and your Blue Continent. What this program is about, this podcast, what makes it unique is, is finding people who have knowledge or expertise or have worked to address in a sustainable way a lot of global development issues. Greetings and welcome to this edition of the Blue Continent Podcast. I was super excited to interview our guest today, Mr. Art Bollenweber, the master distiller at Mutiny Island Vodka here on St. Croix. It was my first ever socially distanced in-person interview for this podcast. Unfortunately, it turned out that our remote microphones weren't actually picking up and you're left with the native audio straight from my phone, which was at least 10 feet away. I did try to boost the volume with less than perfect success, as you will hear. I do encourage you to listen to the interview, however, as the enterprising work being done at the world's only breadfruit vodka company is worth hearing about. Now, on with the show. I have a special guest. This is my first live, in-person interview since I started this whole thing during COVID. We're trying to keep our social distance here. My guest today is Art, the distiller of the Scion Farms Distillery. Correct. And uh, we're located here in St. Croix. Right. Uh, tell me a bit about, uh, first of all, about your, your operation here and what you do at Scion Farms Distillery. So this used to be Island Dairies, uh, the dairy in St. Croix. Mm -hmm. Very large building. Uh, we currently use about a fourth of it to produce meat in the butter. So we refurbished it. Um, our plan, rather than building a new facility, was to take something that used to be a major part of the community in Island Dairies and bring it back to life. It's been dead for 12, 10 years, so brought it back to life. You know, one of our goals is to be part of the community. Sure. And that was a very good way to do it versus building out by the airport in some hangar or something like that. We decided let's just embed ourselves in the community. And uh, yesterday was our one year anniversary. Wow. We opened up one year ago yesterday. Congratulations. We probably would have had a party <laughs> this year, but we had 2,000 people for our grand opening last year. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, music, food, fun, all kinds of things. Big day of events. We were planning that for this year, but obviously, that's yeah. one of the effects that COVID's had on us. Oh boy, what a year it's been since then, huh? It has been. You know, we, we were, our our business plan is to, to cover the entire United States and the Caribbean, uh, and, and probably even the UK. But we, um, you know, we started out great. We're going to start in the Virgin Islands, go to the BVI's, go to St. Martin all the way down to Barbados, and Puerto Rico. Uh -huh. And then Puerto Rico's our biggest market and then um, Jamaica, and then we started, uh, we were on track with all those markets, doing pretty well for a new brand, uh, meeting our goals, and March 1st was our introduction to the States. It was the first person we took on in the United States because of the quality of this distributorship. Oh. And you know what happened March 1st? Right. Atlanta shut down, <laughs> bars and restaurants shut down, and, um, Puerto Rico completely shut down. The Virgin Islands, we've had some business, but about half of what it used to be. Oh, so God. our plans came to a screeching halt. Have you guys been able to uh, get support uh, from the program?
Yes, so uh, we kept our employees um, to a minimum number of hours. Uh, we were able to do that because they could get good unemployment benefits with the government, uh, federal government kicking in the additional supplement. And then the PPP program for small business, uh, yeah. we took advantage of that and were able to keep paying uh, that is running out. Yeah. Uh, and it's running out because we fully expected, even in March and April, when things were dire, that you'd be that by July, we'd all be cut and have to get some vodka in that. Yeah, that's, that's hard. So tell me about your vodka. That's not the usual type of vodka. There's something special about it. No, it is Island Vodka. That is a registered trademark of ours. Uh, Island Vodka, the only one you will find. And, and uh, it's so unique because it's made from Redford. Most vodkas are still made from corn. Yeah. Very few from potatoes, some from wheat, but mostly corn. Because corn is the easiest, cheapest carbohydrate. Sure. Uh, breadfruit is not the cheapest, and it is certainly not the easiest. No. Um, Where does your breadfruit come from? So right now we can get it from Jamaica, Puerto Rico, and Indonesia. Um, we do have 2,000 trees growing on St. Croix now. Okay. And we hope to have up to 20,000 trees growing on St. Croix. So you do hope to harvest some of them and use it here? Yes, we hope all of it will come from St. Croix, Puerto Rico, and Jamaica. Oh, great. Um, and we promised Puerto Rico and Jamaica that their product will come from their country. To keep it a local agricultural product, again, being part of the community is, is a huge thing for us. Sure. I mean, it's easier in some cases to, to not be part of the community and just, just do your business do your thing, right. and dollars and cents and shipments. And, but to sustain a business long term, even a major corporation, even the tech companies, they've learned that they've got to be part of the community. Yeah. So you know, we did that right from In the long run, support economic development here creates uh, a market and buyers for your product as well. Yes. People have money to spend, right? Right. Educated employees. People that love the brand will want to come work here. Yeah. People that love working here will do a good job. And that goes to the point that you built this facility uh, right here in the center of where people live. Time Farm is one of the bigger population centers. Right. You must have some employees who work in this area or from this area. Uh, just one right now. The major effect that COVID has had on us, besides the fact that our business plan is now six months behind, was the fact that um, St. Croix. Obviously, hand sanitizers is the way of the world now. There are 70% alcohol. CDC, FDA say it should be 70% alcohol. Yeah. We make alcohol with that. Right. So it's not easy making alcohol out of breadfruit, but we can do it. We're used to doing it. We do it daily. And um, making alcohol out of breadfruit gives you a, you know, our, our slogan is better cocktails, better planet. Mm -hmm. So we make a product that is pure and clean and that natural goodness. Our ingredients are water, bread, or yeast. We're really complicated. Not a bunch of chemicals and sugar. Oh, it is. All black is that sugar. The breadfruit it gives it a very slight natural sweetness that we add nothing else. Right. Yep. Pure water, breadfruit, yeast. So, um, you know, we found a way to do that. Not necessarily patented, but we found a way to do that that no one else is going to figure out. And so, this, the hand sanitizer that you guys have put on the market here. Yeah, on St. Croix. Are you, is it being sold only on St. Croix or is it being sold um, It is about to be sold to veterans' homes all over the United States. Wow. We have a, a contract that we're, we've entered into for veterans' care homes. Um, you know, when you look at COVID, you really need to protect the elderly. 
yeah. equal to pre-existing conditions and veterans homes usually satisfy both of those. Okay. And so um, not just VA hospitals, but a lot of the care facilities uh, that surround VA hospitals we're having a very difficult time, just like the Virgin Islands, we're having a very difficult time getting hand sanitizers. The market went dry like that. Home yeah. clothes and Walmart oh, yeah. bought up all of the hand sanitizers. I remember before I moved here, I had to, I was in Maine and the East Coast, and I had to go to three or four stores yeah. just to get hand sanitizers. Well, they were telling local merchants here that it would be, this is March 1st, yeah. uh, they won't get another shipment until July. Oh my. So, we make alcohol, sanitizers are 70% alcohol. Yeah. Didn't take rocket scientists for me to go to COD and say, let's make some sanitizers. Are you, as far as you know, the only uh, entity that is manufacturing hand sanitizer out of breadfruit? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, like I said, most people just use corn or corn syrup. Mm -hmm. The easiest thing in the world to do is buy corn syrup. Mm -hmm. I toast corn syrup and ferment that. But I put those corn syrups. There's nothing. That's not much of a better planet to use that. No. Breadfruit absorbs more. Breadfruit tree absorbs more CO2 than any tree in the world. Wow. Wait, this is a zero waste facility. We're soon to become solar. So totally off the grid. We waste nothing here. Our waste is water and breadfruit solids. Those go back on farms and breadfruit trees. Um, and breadfruit. Uh, returns all that CO2 out of the air as carbon to the ground. So, and, and a breadfruit tree can feed a family of four for a year. One tree can feed a family of four in perpetuity for 100 years that the tree lives. So, everybody's always recognized that, you know, back in the media, the bounty, do you know why we're called media? Oh, I, I know, but good. Yeah, okay, well, anyway, um, not, not too many people know that the cargo on the HMS bounty was breadfruit. breadfruit that they sent way over to Tahiti yeah. to get breadfruit saplings to come back to the Caribbean to feed the fruit. So, you know, 80% of the world's uh, hunger is in the, in the sun belt, um, where the Caribbean is, where the, you know, Indonesia, Tahiti, all the way over to the Middle East, and that's the bread basket of, of breadfruit. Right. The big problem is breadfruit goes from three to rotten in about three days. So it's all about the process. This is the first commercial use of breadfruit. Um, the Trees and Feed Foundation, along with the Clinton Global Initiative, have um, discovered that what we have here is a way to take breadfruit, grind it up, dehydrate it in solar dehydrators and vacuum pack it in plastic bags. Now we can keep it for a year. If we go through a lot faster than that, we can keep it for a year. Okay. So trees to feed, you know, yeah, people that are going to grow breadfruit trees here will get a free dehydrator, grinder, mm -hmm. processor, so that they can, we'll pay them by the pound for this breadfruit, this ground up dried breadfruit. And then we, we keep it in an old cooler that was here in the dairy, and we could keep it for a year if we want. We go through, we go through pretty fast. Huh. Um, so we now have a commercial use for breadfruit, and you're starting to see breadfruit flower in the stores in one pound bags. Oh yeah, I think I have yeah. some. Uh, there's a source in Jamaica and there's a source in Puerto Rico in the Caribbean. So breadfruit, the goal of the trees to feed is, is to produce about 250,000 pounds a month of breadfruit to feed, feed not just the Caribbean, but you know the real, the real hungry people of the world. So 
It's an island product, only grows in the islands, basically, in tropical climates. Right. And so we make island vodka. You know, vodka was originally made from potatoes. Right. Uh, the natives, uh, especially in the Pacific, uh, their character translates to island potato. So we make island vodka. Yeah, it is kind of old the expedition back, what was that, 19th century? Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole idea was that they, there was a famine, and they believed that, that this, this breadfruit could feed the world, could feed right. their country back in Europe. Sure. And, and so in a way, we're getting back to the same original mission of the breadfruit, right? Right. <laughs> well, and I, take St. Croix, for example. There's a lot of agricultural land in St. Croix. Sure, it used to be a lot of cotton and cane. Huh? Cotton and cane gone by the wayside, land is too valuable. But breadfruit is a super efficient use, more food per acre than any other plant. Wow. We started with the concept after the hurricanes that Todd, our founder, had. He had some breadfruit that were going to go rotten, so he said, I'm going to try to make a move out of it. Yeah. And a little, a little stainless pot in, in toast under and uh, put some yeast in there and made a, a, essentially a beer out of it and then boiled it up and cooled it, tasted it, and said, it's doable. <laughs> I may not be able to sell this, but, but um, it would work. Right. From that moonshine, if you will, to what we've perfected today is a spirit quality product. We'll put it up against any other vodka. That's, that's really, really interesting. I love the amount of innovation that you put into this, that at every, every stage of the process of this business, you thought of ways that not only can you get better results, but how can you create a more sustainable uh, you know, environment for, for business and for the animal. You know, it, it's always easier in your first few months to harm the environment, treat people poorly, not be part of the community, don't donate to anything, and just worry about your profits. But long term, businesses that do that fail. And long term, especially now, that there's more concern about the environment and the planet surviving. Right. Um, or people surviving on the planet, it pays. It makes good business sense to be sustainable. Absolutely. And it's, it's just, so in its essence, we're doing what's good for the community and what's good for the planet. But in reality, it's really what's good for our business partner. Yeah, that's true. It's all my, my, good, my mentor calls it uh, conscious capitalism, you know? Yes. Make sure that everything that you're doing is is, is balanced, because otherwise it's going to come back and hurt you. Yeah. And, and as you said, you know, in the first few months of running a business, it's easy to focus on just the you know the bottom line. But if you do that, imagine if you've done that. If you haven't been a community player in this year, your first year, if if you had mistreated anybody and then calamity struck, right? And nobody nobody even cared if you stuck around. You know? And it's not like we're in a suburb of Chicago. We're in an island of 50,000 people, and everybody knows everybody. And you either be part of the community or be an outsider. An outsider doesn't get business. That's right. That's why I'm here. We realized that. Um, you know, I've been here 13 years. Um, most of the people here have been here about on the island 10 years or born here, mm -hmm. and that is our goal to to have that mentality. That's great. So easy to make alcohol, easy to make hand sanitizer. Right. We take some glycerin. We started off using aloe. Aloe is very difficult to process. Yeah. And we found out that some people have some skin allergies. Oh. Okay. Two people work here with the aloe. Oh. So um, we just started using glycerin because it was easier and it, and it still leaves, leaves your hands and the devil grab your hands as well. 
and then add peroxide, and that is the World Health Organization FDA-CDC formula. So that's mm -hmm. what we use. And the most difficult part was finding containers to put it in, the pumps to dispense it, and the gel material to make it into like a gel. Yeah. So our first product, which the island desperately needed, was a very liquid, liquidy product. Um, which is great, it did an amazing job on sanitizing our hands and surfaces. Sure. We just don't put the glycerin in the surface uh, And people like Lime Tree Bay, the refining company, they, they're our largest account. Oh. Yeah, well, they should be. You know, there's 1,500 people over there and real risk of yeah, infection infection spreading. So they bought on it right away, and all of the local merchants bought on it right away, saying, good. Yeah. This is not perfect. It's not a 16 ounce bottle. It's in a half gallon, yeah. and it's a little runny, but that saved lives. All right. So now we've we've been able to finally get our hands on the gel. Right. The things makes it more of a gel in the small bottles, and and so now we can market it. Um, and that business is about to take off again. It's kind of been steady, but we have, like I said, we've we've entered into a, an agreement with the veterans homes to do this. And then something has just happened in the last three to four weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the hand sanitizers are made in Mexico because right. labor is cheaper, things are cheaper. Right. Um, they have a very high methanol content when they're made in Mexico for the most part. Mm -hmm. The FDA now has banned most of the hand sanitizers. Because and the number one brand that's been imported into St. Croix because it's the cheap, cheap one. Yeah. And they had gel before we had gel. Right. Um, I'm not going to mention names, but it was just yesterday. The FDA said take it off the shelves. Wow. Methanol is part of the process of making alcohol, but it should be in five to ten parts per million. Mm -hmm. But this is like five percent. Okay. Poisonous. That's that's pretty bad. Poisonous to drink, obviously. And people see alcohol in the label. Someone's going to drink. Mm. My taste. I was going to say, your hand sanitizer, I find it's really not very tasty. It's awful. We, we have to denature it. Okay. And denature it means you add something to make it smell and or taste better. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a TTV yeah. required regulation. Okay. You know, you had to have a certain FDA license, of basically a pharmaceutical license to make vegetables, right. like Dojo or, or a Purell or those people, right. Procter & Gamble. And then, uh, they, the FDA said during this crisis, all you little distilleries can go ahead and do it, but you have to denature the alcohol. Right. Which is the same thing they do to put out ethanol in fuel. They have to denature it hmm. before you can offload it off of a ship. So we, we have to do that. But that high concentration of methanol, day after day after day in our hands, can actually absorb to the skin. Yeah, I imagine. And I, I think it's just over precaution to ban these products, but. You know, the FDA is famous for keeping people safe, so that's true. Sure. That's why we didn't have flipper babies in the country. That's right. And, and so um, demand is, is about to take off again. It's leveled out quite a bit and about to take off again. And then we've reopened in Jordan now. Puerto Rico has slowly reopened. Virgin Islands has slowly reopened. Some of the down island markets and Jamaica is about to reopen for a product. So we're going to get busy on both stretches. Yeah. Uh, the next three weeks, we're going to make a lot of sanitizer because uh, come September, we're going to be probably making nothing but gaming for quite a while. Well, I, I hope that we get back to that level where you can get catch up with your business plan. Yeah.
start getting it out to more and more people. Uh, I had I had this idea. I don't know if I got a chance to tell you um, about the, about tequila or mezcal. Uh, and I'm just thinking, because here on Sacred, we do have this uh, endemic uh, acres of uh, agave, right? Like, which uh, we're, we're trying to rebuild the habitat for and everything. Right. And uh, I just had this idea, since so many, so many of the, uh, the tourists that do come here are quite interested in alcohol products. That's why it's such a great fit to start with the mm -hmm. um, I just wanted uh, to explore the idea of creating a, a product from uh, Eggers Agave using a small amount of Eggers and then using the, the sales and proceeds from that to uh, support their, their restoration of their habitat. I do know that to call it tequila, it's going to be made in Mexico. Oh no, it would have to be in Mexico or yeah, you know, I'll call it something else, right? Sure. Yeah. And I've seen those, I've seen a few of those around that private killers have made. Yeah. And they're not calling it tequila. No, you don't call it tequila, right? But you, I think, I think mezcal is. is uh, we can certainly do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it would be fun to do a test batch anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're all about developing agriculture. I think 20 years from now, um, we hope to have a vodka that's known throughout the United States, a real brand that'll, you know, be 10% of the vodka market, something really big. But locally, I think 20 years from now, we'll be known as an agricultural project. We'll have 40,000 redfruit trees growing, and everybody wow. in their yard will be taking them down. Right. The Department of Agriculture will have huge fields of redfruit. And I, that's actually a little more fun. Have you uh, gamed out any long-term uh, plan for uh, carbon capture sales or anything? No, we have not. Um, we do know that we have some data around how much CO2 is sequestered from the uh, uh, mm -hmm. Had huge leaves right. at 365 days a year oriented to the right. side. So, um, yeah, we won't need the carbon credits, but you can sell them. You can sell them. Yeah. You can have solar power, and but nonetheless, the island of St. Croix burns propane right. for fuel, and the refinery puts out a lot. Hmm. Um, you know, with Clean Air Act money, but, but still a lot of carbon and. Wouldn't it really be cool to have enough redwood trees there? Say, St. Croix is carbon neutral. Well, that, that would be amazing. But the other thing you can do, though, is if you, I have my friends with these business models, where you take the carbon credit, you do sell that carbon credit, and you use the money to drive from that to plant more trees. Basically. Yeah. And you just exactly. keep growing and growing and more and right. more forest restoration. Yep. So I hope you see that. Thanks for taking some time to chat with Absolutely. Thanks for coming. pleasure. I'd like to thank my guest today, Art, and the team at Mutiny Island Vodka. Again, my apology for the poor sound quality. It was a learning endeavor for me that I hope will not have to be repeated. And of course, our theme music, The Lone Ranger by Quantum Jump. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Blue Continent podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you'll subscribe and join us again. Tell others about us. This podcast is also available in a raw video format found on our Blue Continent Alliance Facebook page. If you'd like to see our mini documentaries from around the world, visit the Blue Continent YouTube page today. Thanks again for listening. Take care.